Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abundology Podcast. I am Renee Spears, and I, it's my favorite time of the year. Quarterly, I talk to my favorite astrologer, Deborah Norton, about what to expect for the, the next quarter. Can you believe that we're all ready to spring, Deb? No. I mean, I'm excited because the sun is starting to shine. I'm ready to get out in my garden. Like it's, it's time. I'm wearing short sleeves. Like it's time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're after of this long winter that we've all had, I think we are ready yeah. for spring. So yeah. um, we might as well just jump right into it. Cause there is a lot like March is the powerhouse yeah. month of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. So everybody get ready to dig in, take notes if you want, but yeah, there's a ton going on. But before I talk about the really big things, let's just get all the dates done. So I can give you some dates for the things that are happening that that we're used to, like the Mercury retrogrades and the eclipses, but it's always good to know when they're happening. Um, So first off, we have Mercury. Oh, well, actually, we have um, the ingresses of planets moving into new signs. Saturn moved into Pisces on March 7th. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in depth later. Um, so that was a biggie that's happened now. That's something that only happens every two to three years. Um, and then ahead of us, we have on the 23rd of March, the biggie, which is Pluto moving into Aquarius. Big deal. I'm going to talk a lot about that uh, as well. Uh, that's a game changer for everyone and for the planet and for life as we know it. Pluto makes, you know, plays the long game and makes a mark. Um, but then after uh, in April, once we move into April, the 20th is the solar eclipse in Aries. And then right, uh, right after that, the next day we have Mercury retrograde, April 21st in Taurus. Okay. Okay. So then, um, we have the full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 5th. And then Mercury goes direct on May 14th. So the Mercury retrograde is completely tied up with the eclipses this time. Oh. So that's yeah, they're they're all bunched together. Remember that that uh, new moons, uh, time for new beginnings, new ideas, uh, full moons, time to let things go and you know prepare for the next um, uh, cycle. So it's always good to have some personal rituals. Saturn in Pisces, we're going to talk a lot more about having rituals, you know, that, that are on regular rituals. So we're going to talk about that more. So this is will be a good time to, for everyone to practice that. Um, and then on May 16th, we have Jupiter entering Taurus. So another another big planet changing signs. That's, these are big things like Jupiter, Saturn, they change signs, you know, every couple of years. It, so it's a big deal. And then Pluto on top of that, that's a lot of energy that's shifting this spring. So it's going to be a game changer, I think, um, well, for and everyone. I think, and I think normally this time of year, we would t- be talking about the equinox and, you know, the start of Aries season and all that. Yeah, all that's happening too. <laughs> it's all, that's all happening too. But boy, we have some big things happening. Yeah, the big planets moving signs is just for astrologers, that's like, woo, this is a big deal. A lot of, lot going on, a lot of information. Also, we have Mars finally entering a new sign after it's Mars has been in Gemini, I think since the fall. 
So because it retrograded. So we're finally having Mars moving into cancer. And so that's also a shift that's actually happening on March 25th. So that's a little that's soon. Um, So yeah, these are big shifts um, amongst, you know, all the other planets just doing their thing. You know, as you say, we're going to start the new cycle with the uh, with with the sun moving into Aries and we start a brand new cycle. So so I've got lots of notes. Lots of stuff to tell you. I thought it might be interesting since we're going to be talking about Pluto in particular moving that we kind of do a quick breakdown of of houses because it's really hard for people to understand specifically how is this going to affect my life. And the best way to know that is to know what house of your chart that Pluto is going to fall in during this new sign. And so we're looking for the house where you have Aquarius, basically. And so I have a quick rundown on the houses and I can tell you now this has to do with your rising sign. So a lot of people, I think, don't quite understand when it comes to horoscopes that you might see online or in in magazines that it really is more about your rising sign than your sun sign, because astrologers have no idea where your sun sign is housewise, where physically it resides on your chart without looking at your chart. But when we know your rising sign, we know all the signs on every house. And so we can easily tell you, oh, you're going to have Pluto and Aquarius in your second house. And then we can talk about, okay, the second house is this. And then you can feel like, okay, I have a little understanding of where I might feel the most of this transit. Um, And uh, just as a you know, all encompassing description, explanation of Pluto. You know, I've talked about Pluto a lot, you know, in our podcast, because I'm, I'm a fan, uh, because Pluto is about deep, dark transformation. It's all about uncovering what's hidden. And we all know that without living a life of authenticity, where you're really looking at your scary parts, you're, it's not much of a life at all. Uh, and it takes courage, but but ultimately, the what's residing down there in the dark for all of us is power. It's really it's the sor- a power source. But you've got to uncover everything that's been pushed on top of it because you know how we wield power is such a personal thing, and I don't know that anybody stops to think about that very often. How do you wield your power in this life? We all know how power is wheeled over us. <laughs> That's easy. We all can talk about that for hours. But how do you wield power in your life? Well, you know, and I and- think, yeah, I think some people don't even, aren't even aware that they have power, let alone how they're Yes. That's huge. Yes. Um, and, you know, as I always reference pop culture, as I do, I've been I've been working my way through The Walking Dead again from the beginning to the end, all in one sequence so that I can get the whole story not broken up over 13 years of seasons. And it's so fitting for what we're we're talking about right now, because as I watch these characters deal with the end of life as they know it, constant physical threats, constant fear, constant uh, trauma on trauma on trauma. That is a met- that it's totally a metaphor for Pluto because Pluto is trauma. Plu- Pluto is the place in your life where you've been hurt and where you gave up power. 
It's where your power source was disconnected. And so the only way to succeed or survive an apocalypse, especially a zombie apocalypse, is you better find that source of power quick and understand how to wield it to save your effing life. And I often find myself watching this kind of show, and there's a lot of these types of shows, the end of days, apocalypse types. And I don't know about you, but it always makes me think about who I would be. What would I do? Would I go out in the first wave? Would I take myself out? Would I, or would I fight to survive? And actually my daughter-in-law asked me this at lunch yesterday, because she's now watching the show and she's like, would you, would you survive? And I said, you know, I always joke that I'd be like, take me out first. I don't want to part any part of that world, but I've been thinking about it more. And I'm like, you know what? I would fucking survive. I would, (laughs) I know I would, because I know who I am when the, when the shit hits the fan in life. And that's where I want everyone to think about. Where, who are you in the midst of ultimate chaos breakdown? And let's talk, say apocalypse, you know, who are you? What, where do you go? What do you do? What do you think? You know, everybody needs to think about that. Like, it's not about uh, making everyone hyper vigilant. I'm not about that, but it's really a discovery of like, what's really within you. What is that fight that you have within you that would keep you going? And as I watch the show and I'm thinking, gosh, it would be so easy just to take yourself out, (laughs) you know, and some people do. But then I thought, wow, when I think about the story arc and the character development of maybe a season one character to the end, to the final 13th season, and you realize, oh my gosh, all those things they became, all those amazing, powerful things they did to save other people, to make the world better, to... None of that would have happened without that apocalypse. So much about yourself you would never know and never get to recognize or even be without such extreme challenge and hardship and trauma. And it made me start to realize that this is so valuable. This is part, this is, you know, probably maybe the reason we're here to push ourselves and see, to see what we can make of ourselves under extreme challenge and extreme darkness even. And, and to so know ourselves, really- you know, I don't think you know yeah. yourself and what you're capable of, like you're saying, until you have been in experience of tragedy or trauma or a zombie apocalypse, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it gives us a chance to even have a little gratitude for those difficult times in our lives. Now, yes. That's really flipping things around. You want to heal your trauma? Be grateful for it. I mean, it sounds a little fucked up, but it's true. Like when, when you realize who you became because of it, that's that's what the power of Pluto. And so that's the territory that we're in. When wow. We talk about Powerful time then. Yes. It's really intense. So with it changing signs, you know, this affects generations. So Pluto, when we talk about generations like Gen X, boomers, millennials, Gen Z, these are generations that are actually uh, specked out in the stars, you know, and you can find reasons, you know, why and attributes of these generations that fully reflect the Pluto placement of that generation. It's it's wild. It's cool. So I'm going to give a quick little, up, uh, you know, a little um, explanation of each of the generations, where their Pluto is, and then we'll talk about where it's going to be, 
you know, okay. with the new, you know, the transiting Pluto. So in astrology, we define generations by where they have Pluto. And so it's not, it maybe doesn't align classically with generations, but this is how we do it in astrology because Pluto is a generational planet. So we've got boomers, the me generation, Leo. I mean, that's obvious, right? We've got Gen X, the first part of Gen X where Pluto was in Virgo. And this is the the whole self-cleaning oven of Gen X. This is my generation. We had to take care of ourselves. Our parents weren't around. <laughs> so most Gen X people from my, you know, my little time, the earlier Gen X people were like, yeah, there was no daycare. There was no, nobody knew what the heck we were doing. We fed ourselves lunch. We made ourselves dinner. We were very Virgo in the sense that we had to take care of ourselves and we had to understand what the, what that meant that you were kind of like on your own early in life. After that, we have uh, Pluto and Libra, and that's the the younger of Gen X, and they are really about equality. And that's when things really started to shift socially around equality. And their generation is still like, that's my, my husband, my partner. I mean, his whole life has been about social justice. And so that was, that generation has really turned its eye towards, oh my gosh, we've got to make things more equal for everyone. Following that are the millennials, and that's Pluto and Scorpio. And wow, I love this. I found this online. Someone said the millennials' uh, purpose with Pluto and Scorpio is to identify rot. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that it can be cleaned out and become fertile. That's intense. And so we, we see a lot of that digging deep. All the Me Too stuff, those are all led by people of that age range where it's like, we got to dig out the rot and put them in prison where they fucking belong so that, so that we can all, you know, feel safer. And then um, finally, Gen Z, Sag, oh my goodness, have they not turned everything on top of its head? You know, uh, Sagittarius is about freedom and they are not about any confining conventions, including gender. That's just an example, like gender, a thing we, wow, that's just a, that's a finite thing that we all thought was set in stone, but nope, Gen Z comes around and it's like, gender is a social construct. It's confining. I don't like it. We're going to get rid of it. (laughs) How cool, right? So this is all about these deep transformational movements in humanity that really shipped us forever. And so, um, Okay, so now we're going to go through Pluto in Aquarius in the houses. The best way for you to play along is to know your rising sign. So if you don't know your rising sign, hit pause, go to astro.com, put in your birth info. If you haven't done this already, I I assume many of your readers have already done this or your listeners um, and find out where your rising sign is. And then, and then you'll know where you have Aquarius. You want to look at your chart and say, where's Aquarius, which house. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about that house and how Pluto in that house might affect your life. Okay. So starting with the first house, Aquarius, right? Aquarius, my Aquarius rising people. The first house is about your individuality how you set yourself apart from the pack where the opposite seventh house is about partnership, how you are within the pack. The first house is just you, the lone wolf. It's about your vitality, like really kind of what zings you. 
and keeps you moving in through life and about your demeanor, just your general personality, your day to day when you're out in the world meeting people and kind of who you put forward. Um, so a, a revolution transformation of your in your first house, I mean, you probably are going to go through an identity crisis and find your way through it throughout the next 20 years. We're talking about 20 years. Pluto's going to be in Aquarius. So it's a long time. We have until 2044. I mean, I'll be an old, we'll be old ladies by then. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a long time. Okay. So Pluto is going to ask Aquarius rising, Aquarius first house people, who they really are. And in what ways are you hiding who you really are? And that is going to be the work to take off the mask and truly just identify yourself as who you really are and who you want to be, regardless of what surrounds you. This is the first house. It's just you. It's not about you and your environment. It's about you in this world and why what you're here to do. Okay, second house. So that would be Capricorn rising people. Capricorn rising people are going to have Aquarius on the second house, meaning Pluto in the second house. Values, your value system, your self-worth, and even your money and your possessions, like practically the things that you own. We're gonna have you're gonna have to face the music when it comes to what's worth anything to you within yourself and in this life. What's it worth? And what are you willing to give up for that? And who are you when it comes to possessions? Are you a hoarder? Are you a giver? Are you, you know, do you recycle? Like, who are you? And this means inside and outside. So self-worth is is something that we all need a lot more of. And Pluto is going to basically lay it down for you. And and you're going to figure it out in the next 20 years. All right. Third house, Sag rising. Third house is communication and intellect. it's, It's basically how you learn and how you teach. And it, it involves the movement, the movement of the mind. And so this is the way you think about everything. So that is going to have a deep transformation. So the way you think about things now, you're going to find new depths. Your thoughts are going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And when they get darker, just keep going with it. Because this, this is the ride of Pluto. You want to stay on the ride. Your thoughts start to get dark and deep. That's information for you. Be curious about it. The third house is about curiosity as well. Don't freak out. Just be curious and say, why am I having these deep, dark thoughts? Maybe it is time to have some therapy. Maybe it is time to start to, you know, um, dust off the, the remote parts of your mind that you've been hiding from. It's time to face that. Scorpio rising, fourth house. All right, home heritage and your inner world. Okay. So what home is to you, both physically and metaphorically, who you are with yourself, just who you are in your, in your inner life, you know, and even your, your physical home, you, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if people with Scorpio rising find that the entire nature of what they think of as home or their physical home itself isn't going to look the same in 20 years. And that's a little bit scary. Like nobody wants to think about that, but that's what this is about. It is about scary. It is about looking into fear and facing it. So just be open to the idea, Scorpio rising, 
that your home is going to be transformed and just let that, you know, sit with you. I know that sounds, that doesn't sound fun, but who knows? You know, a lot of times if you have, to, if your home undergoes a transformation, it's, it's something that you're excited about. So maybe be excited about it instead. All right, Libra rising. So that means Pluto will be in your fifth house. The fifth house is the house of fun, creativity, pleasure, passion, self-expression. Wow, I'm excited for these folks. Because uh, if you're an artist, you wait to, I can't wait to see what art is going to come out of Pluto in your fifth house. Like it, it, it's going to be that um, that process of just diving deep within your creativity and what can you bring out of that that's going to profoundly impact anyone who looks at it. You know, it's, you know, this is the time to really push yourself if you're an artist, because you're going to find new depths to what you can create. And, and it's also about being fearless in creation, you know, just do it anyway. Even if you think it's going to upset people, do it. Create that art anyway. All right. Virgo risings. That means you're going to have Pluto in your sixth house. The sixth house is all about daily life, just day-to-day routine and service and health. And the reason it's about service and health is because health, keeping yourself in good health is a service to yourself, right? So you need to be of service to yourself. So people with with, uh, Virgo rising, you better, you know, be up on your doctor's appointments. Just beware. If you have a mole or a lump or, you know, do not ignore it. This is Pluto saying, yeah, this terrifies you. This lump here, this fucking terrifies you. But the best antidote to that, to fear like that is information. So go to the doctor, get information, just figure it out. Don't live in the unknown of what that lump is. And that's metaphorical and physical. Okay. All right. So then Leo risings, which is you, Renee, seventh house. So you're going to have Pluto in your seventh house. That's the house of collaboration, partnership, and compromise. Mm. So what are you willing to give up? You know, what part of your little perfect insular world are you ready to give up in the spirit of partnership collaboration in order for to, to um, reach transformation? That's a big deal. You know, um, it, it's time to understand that collective thoughts can add to your own power. You know, you may feel like, oh, I'm, pa-, you know, Leo Risings are, you know, powerhouses, you know, because Leo Rising is a chapeau. Your, your chart is ruled by the sun. Like it shines bright. It's, it's a, it leaves a mark. So it's a little bit scary to think about, okay, what if I have to share that with someone? I don't want to share the spotlight with someone. That's my spotlight. And why, why don't you want to share it? What's under that? That's the Pluto. Okay. All right. Cancer rising. That means you have Pluto in the eighth house. That is actually the home of Pluto. That is the home that that is the house that Pluto rules. And so this is, you know, this is a double, the double punch. So people with Pluto in the eighth house are already people of, of intense depth. People with, with this have deep, intense vibes and energy. And so with Pluto there, that's just going to amplify. And the eighth house, you know, is also the house of sexuality 
and power. So Pluto, there, I, I believe we, we put sexuality in the column of, Clu- of Pluto is because Pluto is about death and rebirth. So you can't have birth without sex, right? And, and all, also having sex with someone, being intimate with someone in that way is an ultimate, ultimate relinquishing of your power. You're trusting them, that other person to be literally, not to be gross, but to be like in your body, like how yeah. more intense does it get? It doesn't sound sexy, but gosh, it's intense and it's personal. And you're giving up a little power when you get intimate physically with someone, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's intense. So, and so the, the, the flip side of that is how much power you can generate between two people in that in that space. So much power that you create life. Yeah, that's, a lot. that's cool. So it, it's really intense. Um, it's also about investments too, on a more mundane level. It's where your where your money is kind of put off in the world is kind of not yours anymore. It's other people's money for a while while you're investing. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I know that that investments are a little bit precarious right now. Yes. <laughs> because of what's happening. But um, yeah, so it's about it's about where you put your money, where you put what you what is most precious to you. That's power. And and when you invest that, you're hoping it will grow. So that's why this is an eighth house concept. All right. So the ninth house, Gemini risings. Ninth house is your belief system, philosophy, and your higher ideals. So it's kind of like the the code of ethics that you live by, you know, or your belief system, your religion, the Ten Commandments, whatever that looks like to you, whatever is your code of conduct, and and it's something that hopefully by now you've made your own. I mean, we want to hope that people are making their belief systems their own and getting out of being pre-programmed to believe a certain thing because that's what they were raised with. We don't like that anymore. That doesn't work for us anymore. And that's not going to work for Pluto. You know, Pluto got through Capricorn. Capricorn's about, you know, old systems. And, and you know, we're going to start to see the the, the old religious systems to start to topple more and more as we are already seeing, but that's just going to, I mean, honestly, when you talk about world religion in 2044, after Pluto uh, leaves Aquarius, I, I honestly can't even imagine that where they're going to be, where organized religion is going to be, if it even exists anymore, would not be surprised, honestly, if we don't have it anymore after this. Wow. So that's how intense this is. Yeah. What a transformation. So this is about you allowing. So if you are a person who is in midlife, who it has never explored outside the belief system of your childhood, oh my goodness, you're in for a ride. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't take the chicken exit. Everything you've ever believed in, you're going to, it's going to be questioned and you're going to have to make it your own or reject it and find something that is yours, that does actually give you power and isn't just something that was foisted upon you at birth to scare you into obedience. Wow. (laughs) It's a big deal. I have a lot of thoughts about it. (laughs) All right. So then 10th house, Taurus rising. Okay. 10th house. Okay. Woo. This is me. And I'm a little bit like, it's 
scared. Uh, this is your profession, your recognition on the world stage, prestige, your calling, your legacy. This is how the world sees you. This is the mark you leave on the world. And I'm like, wow, 20 years, probably, you know, the last 20 years of my life, I'm going to have this going on. So I'm like, oh, I got to push myself. Man, I, this is, I don't know, know about any of the other tourist risings out there, but boy, I just like to be comfy. <laughs> I, just I just want to be in my little recliner and with my comfy things where I don't push myself and I don't grow and nobody sees me and nobody knows what I have to offer and just stay safe in my little bubble. I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. No, nope. I mean, I'm excited, but I, I really am. Like when I realized where this would be for me, I, I'm legit scared because this scares me. It scares me to go outside my comfort zone a lot. And as many, probably all Taurus Risings and Taurus people in general can relate to that. We're being asked to like really push and become a world player. And that's a little daunting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then 11th house, this would be Aries Rising people. The 11th house is community, friends, your social life. It's also charity. It's how the group gives back to the whole. So it, it, it is the house that is actually ruled by Aquarius, which we're talking about, right? So now we're going to have Pluto in that sign. It is going to look like a revolution in the way that we take care of each other, for sure. And so for you, that's your call. You're called up now to be a part of transforming your community and your tribe and your, you know, social life into something that is more meaning. And if you don't have a social life, you know, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Well, even after COVID too. Yeah. Well, even before COVID. Yeah. It's time. It's time. Even if it's online, you know, even if it feels safer online, that's okay. Uh, Aquarius is all about technology. It can be your online reach and your online community. That's okay too, but it's going to come into play and there's going to be some power there for you to find and harness in in the way that you can help the greater good. Don't miss out on that because you're too afraid of people, you know, get out there, see what you can do to be a part of the solution on a really mass level. Like you're going to have that opportunity and it's up to you to say yes. All right. Finally, we have Pisces rising. And that means you have Aquarius on the 12th house. So you'll have Pluto in the 12th house. Woo! 12th house, secrets, subconscious, spirituality, your connection to what we can't see. So the 12th house is everything we can't see. It's everything that's hidden from us. It's everything in the periphery, periphery, just beyond our periphery, you know, where we really just know it's there, but we can't see it. And it's all about gut instinct. And so this is actually, you know, you might really have quite the time, uh, Pisces rising, of getting serious about your secrets and considering how your secrets have held your power back and how other people's secrets have held you back. And it's time to just air them out. It's the whole skeleton in the closet. You just got to open that door, you know? It's nothing we haven't seen before, so to say. Like, I know it feels deep and dark and intense, but it you don't need to keep it secret anymore. 
secrets really can harm you. And if you've been chewing on some things that have happened to you in your life and you haven't wanted to face it or talk about it or see it, now's the time because Pluto is going to force it out of you. And you might as well work in harmony with this energy and not allow Pluto to completely force it because that could be like a breakdown emotionally, mentally, you know, and nobody, nobody needs to have it happen to them. When you have information, just get ahead of it. Start to think about your secrets. Just start there. Start to write down, what are my secrets? And then start to look at them. It's, it sounds like the best way to deal with all of this is to step into your power. Absolutely. No matter, That's no the matter of what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. No matter what house it is, what you're looking at. And I think all of us, when we hear what our, you know, when we hear our house or like a little bit, you know, like, it's oh, it's supposed time. to feel like that. Yeah. yeah. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. yes. And you know what? That saying is like, I love that saying, but it's never going to be comfortable either. But, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to slightly disagree, probably another podcast on this, (laughs) because the more that you do something uncomfortable, it just doesn't bother you as much anymore. That's true. I like the way you say that. Yeah. It's not, it's not as hard to do it. It's still uncomfortable, but yeah, what you say about being comfortable with discomfort is saying, yeah, you get used. I get, I get get used to it. Yeah. Let's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you get used to that feeling of discomfort. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that is the right way um, to do it is is to and to look at this transit as you know this is where the stakes are high and and hopefully you know going through these houses gives you a little bit idea of where the stakes are located. Right. First off, and then now it has a lot to do with you know the Pluto aspects in your chart and and an astrologer can help you with that stuff. If it's something that you really want to understand on a, on a deeper level, but, but Pluto work is the work. It's the deep, dark, twisty work that we all do in life. No one's never, ever not doing it, but a lot of people I think are phoning it in or avoiding it. Yeah. And so, you know, now is a good time to say, Hey, we have a fresh start you know, this is a brand new energy. We're all sick of Capricorn. (laughs) (laughs) Aquarius is exciting and new. Aquarius is all about the, the, what, what is new and, and completely original. So I always talk about Aquarius people having, you know, connection to what's outside of our collective consciousness. Aquarian people can pull in information outside the collective and bring it in and introduce it. So imagine with Pluto in that sign, what that's going to do. That's big. That's why I say, I mean, I I would actually be surprised if, if there's any sense of, of old archaic belief on the planet anymore. Well, and as we're, yeah, as we've talked about, you know, the age of Aquarius, Um, this is like, okay, this is the transformation getting us there, so to speak. Yeah, this really is like, you know, we've been, you know, even the song back in the 60s, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, you know, a lot of really strict astrologers would be like, well, technically, it's not until blah, 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 which is like 21 something or blah, blah, blah. But we're in the we are in the dawning when you think about how long and old the earth is imagine, right? So we are in the dawning. And I feel that Pluto and Pluto and Aquarius is like we're kicking it into another level of the Aquarian age. 
And it's very exciting because the Aquarian age is about what's best for everyone. Yes. And, you know, um, Shawnee Nichols, I read an article she wrote about this and I loved what she said. Pluto and Capricorn is about the 1%. Pluto and Aquarius is about the 99%. Yes, that's So we heard a bit of that in in the early 2000 teens about, you know, the whole Occupy movement was based on this. And, and, And it made some waves and it did some good. And it was a movement that came and it went, but it's not, it never totally went. It really changed the way people think. And it introduced the idea of the 99% into the lexicon of everyone. Nobody doesn't know what that means. When you say the 99%, everybody knows what that means. And that's exciting. That makes my little activist heart proud. <laughs> you know, because I was out there with the occupiers man, and I, I was fighting for that. So it's really exciting that this is now something that everybody understands. And now we're going to have the powerhouse of Pluto behind it. You know, Pluto and Capricorn is all about exposing that. And it did. Oh, boy, did it. You know, and, and I'll remind everyone, Pluto hit Capricorn, enter Capricorn in 2008 with the fall of, of the housing market. As you well know, Renee, like yep. what a scary time. And so it's interesting now that as we're approaching um Pluto in a new sign that we're having failing banks again, but they're technology banks. They're banks, the bank in the Silicon Valley was all about technology money. Well, Aquarius rules technology. Capricorn ruled structures, houses. Isn't that weird? Isn't that wild? When it's so that? cool. I love, I just love astrology for all these I things know, like it's that. Such a mirror. <laughs> and so now, you know, this, this crisis that we're in with this economic crisis is a totally different flavor. But it's all about the old, the old stuff that we've been talking about for a while. It's just that now in Aquarius, we're finally in the solving problems part of it, yeah. rather than calling it out. Now we get to actually start to solve these problems and make the world greater for everyone. I love this. I love, I yeah, love it's good. yes. It's good. Yes. Um, this is another quote from Shawnee that I love that I wrote down because it's so good. When you start working with this planet, you will feel wildly in tune with your innermost self, but it requires that you listen to the subterranean whispers. It asks that you trust the voice deep inside. It urges you to open the doors in your psyche covered in caution tape. <laughs> I love that. Whatever Pluto asked you to leave behind in Hades, know it's clearing space for something even more fulfilling. Isn't that great? That is so great. So I'm excited. I'm scared, but I'm excited because we're all going to have, you know, some fresh energy in the realm of transformation and personal power. We're all ready for it. Let's change the color of it and let's make the most of it. Uh, And we're going to transform the the earth, you know? I I mean, if we're still going in 20 years, we'll have a little talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun, right? Yes. All right. Okay. So that's Pluto. All right. So with the remaining time, uh, we have another pretty big shift. um, And that is Saturn into Pisces, which has already happened. And I love to talk about Saturn and Saturn loves us to talk about it because (laughs) Saturn is that little voice in your head that is always urging you to work harder for what you want and to be focused and to stay on the stay the course and to always act in integrity with who you know yourself to be and not 
dabble in things that, that distract you. Okay. From what you want in life. So Saturn is that authenticity that holds you to the standard of your higher self, holds you to that. It says, this is who you really are. I know. I know who you really are. Is that what you would really do? Is that the choice you would really make? And you can hear it. We can all hear it. <laughs> and we choose accordingly. And we and then we deal with the with the outcomes of that. Um, so Saturn and Pisces is a real different energy from the last two signs that it's gone through. Saturn has been in Capricorn and Aquarius for the last five to six years. It's both, It's been in signs that it rules. So that's a big deal. Uh, it's very comfortable in those signs. In Pisces, it's a different thing. Pisces is boundaryless. Pisces has no focus at all. So what could that possibly look like? You know, to have a, the, 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 the planet of boundaries in a boundaryless sign. What does that really look like? So I went to one of my favorite astrologers, Stephen Forrest, and I, I read what he had to say about it. And he is calling this time a time of spiritual discipline. I love I that. Need I need this because I have none. I can't even like consistently pull a card for a month. You know, <laughs> like this is a time to get your spiritual practices in order. Because you know what, you're going to be able to really ride this wave into new depths of understanding about spirituality and about the nature of the universe and why we're here and why you're here and what it all means. But if you don't put in the work and have the discipline, you're going to miss it. And I don't want to miss it. I'm at risk of missing it right now because my practice is pretty lazy. So this is a call out to all of us who have lazy practices around spirituality to start getting serious. And Renee, you could talk all day about this. I totally <laughs> could. You know, it's one of my favorite things, is a spiritual yes. practice. And, and you have Saturn in Pisces. <laughs> I know, I know. Of course, this would be my thing then, right? Yes. yes. It makes perfect sense. Well, and I think that we... We can talk about our daily spiritual practice where we perhaps meditate, do yoga, pull a card, spend all time in nature, things. all of those things. Yeah. Important, important to do them every day. And the thing that I love about it is you get immediate results. You feel good immediately. Yes, you immediately shift your vibration. Yes, yes. Yes. One, you know, it's, it can't be, it's, it can get to feel like, oh, this is just something I do every day now. You know, it can get to start to feel like that, but there will be days where you'll be like, oh, that doesn't hit so much, blah, 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 go on with your day. But then the days happen where it hits so hard and it's so bright on whatever you're working through. And you're like, wow, that really shifted my perspective. So also um, good things like, you know, whatever little um, courses you can take or like your, um, your, your offering, um, um, a Bundology Academy. University. Yes. Yes. What were you tell them? Bundology Academy. Yes. Academy. <laughs> and the funny part, Deb, is I like love when you were talking about, um, you know, Pluto going into Aquarius because it's like this is the time to step into your power. You can't make this yes, shit up. My 100%. class, I, my class I had last week was called "Step Into Your Power." <laughs> Can you? It's like, of course it was. Of course yes. it was. <laughs> of so, course it was. So like, I agree with you taking little classes like that, learning things, but also, so we think of the daily spiritual practice, but then there's things on the routine to do too. Maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter. 
And Absolutely. you you going to see you is part of my um, on the quarterly, actually more than quarterly, but on that practice for me, yeah. because just to have that knowledge of what is going on in my chart, what can I be on the lookout for? How can I use this energy to level up? So I highly recommend um, talking to an astrologer, especially Deborah, my favorite (laughs) astrologer for the last 10 years. So (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I love it. I love what I do. Uh, I love to watch people's light eyes light up when they finally understand something that they've never understood about themselves and about their life. Um, Yeah, honestly, with with uh, (laughs) with Saturn and Pisces, it really is like the best time to start having regular astrology tune ups. Um, And thank you for that, because I am going to be offering a more regime regimen specific type of astrology offerings on my website that I'm working on right now that can give you a monthly options, quarterly options. Um, Because I will say for a fact, I know this to be true, and I know you can back this up, is that the more you understand about your chart, the bigger your perspective is about your walk through life. And you have so much more information about why you're where you are, how you got there, because patterns are what put you where you are. (laughs) And astrology is all about patterns. And so when you understand your chart, you understand your patterns. And when you understand your patterns, then you can direct them towards things you want specifically to bring into your life. And you know, oh, this pattern always works for me. So if I want that thing, I just work this pattern. And astrology and knowing about that is going to help you understand how to do that and how you've done it in the past to great success. And also how things you've ignored or not thought about too much have really worked against you the shadow, our shadow, you know, we all need to be doing shadow work. Pluto is shadow work. Saturn is the work of shadow work, the discipline of shadow work. So if you don't know what shadow work is, oh my goodness, this is the time. This is now you must know how to do it, what it is, what it can look like, because uh, it's really important that you look unflinchingly at your shadow and understand it in order to truly understand what makes you tick and why you choose the things you choose. And so it's power. It is power, baby. It's power. So yeah, knowing your patterns and, and recognizing those, that's your power as you're saying. Yeah. And, and, you know, even things like, um, like Renee, like you had to move recently unexpectedly, right? You didn't know that was going to happen. It was really upsetting. It was out of nowhere. And yet I reminded you quickly And you already knew because we've been talking about for so long. Remember, we talked about Uranus. Remember, we talked about Saturn, your Saturn return that you're in right now. And this is and the first thing you said, instead of being like, but I don't want to move. But you said, oh, I'm leveling up. Yep. Leveling up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the power of understanding yourself so well that you didn't, you know, you might have had a few moments of being like, oh, that's a bummer. But instantly you were like, okay, game on, you know, and, and you're already in your new place as we speak. Yeah. And, and it, it, it happened that quickly and you, you pivoted. I mean, I love that Gemini able to pivot and adapt so quickly. It's such a gift of all you Gemini's 
And now you are, for, you know, in a whole new place. And, you know, as we've talked about, we think there's reasons. There's going to be very, yeah, there are reasons, reasons why yes. the universe literally picked you up from one geographic location and put you in another. Yeah. And you had to surrender to that. You had to yeah. just surrender and be like, yeah, I got to do this. No use fighting it. The universe is moving me physically for some reason. And how exciting it is now to be like, well, why? What's going to happen? You know? <laughs> It makes life a little bit more exciting uh, when you understand that the cosmic pulse within you has a plan for you and and you can understand it in very tangible, tactical ways that can help you move your life the way you want to move it. It makes you feel connected. You know, I think yeah. that often we're searching for, you know, that feeling of being connected to something. It's not, we're not yeah. just a lone ranger out here going through life. Yes, people, our community, our families, but also the universe, the stars, uh -huh. the bigger connection. The big shit. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Love I love it. I mean, <laughs> nothing raises my vibration higher than just doing work on my chart for myself. Yeah. You know, just on my own. So yeah. anyway, hope so, to see you all because I'm super excited about what's happening in the sky. And I, I love to share it with other people. I just want to um, thank you because there have been multiple times over the last decade where there has been something unexpected that happens. You know me, I'm pretty level. The majority, 99.9% yeah. .9 of the time, I'm a level person. But occasionally yeah. something will come up out of nowhere and it'll be like, what the hell is going on? My first call is always <laughs> you. And you're like, well, of course, I can get it. We can get it down to the minute almost. It was once in Palm Springs and something yeah. happened. And you're like, what yeah. time was that? And I knew 11.52 exactly. And you're like, yep, that was the second da-da-da-da-da. I don't remember what it was now. It was um, amazing. Yep. It was yep. so amazing. So having that knowledge can then helps me step out of it. And be like, yes. oh, okay, this isn't about poor Renee. Let me be in this thing. This is a there's something to right. this bigger picture here, and that yes. instantly makes me feel so much better. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Deb. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. I love being here. I'm excited about what's happening. It really is a very you know as far as astrology goes, this is a real happening time. Uh, lots of resources out there about what's going on, you know, so, you know, don't be shy, definitely, you know, get engaged with what's happening astrologically. I, I highly encourage that. I love that. Now you can work with Deborah too. I just go to her website, DebraNorton.com. I can't recommend her highly enough. Also, thank you so much for coming quarterly and um, shedding some light on what's going on in the collective energy. Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time.